So today I'd like to maybe address specifically the youth in our churches. And I'd like to read an email that I received uh, yesterday from someone who asked me, how would I use the FFDPQ method on someone if they had received the following email? That Now this was a, uh, a parent whose child wants to go to, they're going to be involved in a sports camp evidently, and they're wondering if they're involved, um, or is involved in a sports team and reached out to someone who maybe is helping coach or lead. And it might even be a Christian organization that is putting on these sports leagues. But the person asked if they attend a church, and this was the response they received from evidently the coach. We don't, and by the way, as I read this, I want you to ask what attitudes you see here. What do you see right or wrong in this response? And I'm going to try and give a little analyzing myself, if you will. The answer from the evidently the coach of the team, and again, maybe this was a this could have been a um, referring to like a, a Christian group or a Christian sports a sports league was with uh, led by a Christian group. Anyway, here we go. In response to the question to go to church, we don't actually go very often. My parents are very religious, and I went to church a ton as a kid. So I'm a little burnt out on it. And then he does say when he does go where he goes. I prefer to read the Bible on my own at home. Not a huge fan of organized religion and some of the attitudes of people involved in churches. I'm just an open-minded, loving person. And a lot of the experiences I've had involve fear and exclusion. And that's just not what I believe the Bible stands for. Just my personal opinion, but everyone is entitled to their own. So how would I respond to that if I were doing the FFDPQ? Well, first of all, let me comment. There's more than one way to respond and interact with a person. Don't always do the FFDPQ and don't overdo it. All right? Don't don't every time they say something, you know, like if you have a, uh, an hour conversation with them and 10 times you're saying, I see the way you feel that way. Others have felt that way too. Don't overdo that. However, another method that you might want to use is ask the simple question, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Because it is important at times to clarify. So for instance, this person, my question, did they have a legitimately terrible church experience? And the truth is they probably are legitimately really burnt out or upset at the judgmental attitudes. Some churches judge you about everything, you know, from the, your hairstyle to what you're wearing to, to, to everything. Other times, churches just judge based on having standards at all. In other words, when I hear about being open-minded, and again, I don't know, because what comes to my mind is modern-day youth. In my, my images would be this person's upset because the church has moral standards, and they speak strongly on what's right and what's wrong, and this person didn't like it. And so a great question to ask is, well, what do you mean by that? When you say that the that, that churches are too judgmental, people are too judgmental, you don't like organized religion, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, here's a guy who's got a sports team. He's Obviously, his team is organized. Uh, you, organization just is what you have to do to get some people together. And so what's he mean by that is a great question to ask. But my Part of my thought, and maybe I'm assuming the, re- the worst, or maybe I'm just bringing my own projection, my own experiences into this. 
But to me, this sounds a lot of alarm bells, this email. Because the big question in our culture today really comes down to the question of authority. Does God have authority or does do I have personal autonomy is what the humanists would call it, where I have total authority in my own life? Who has authority? Of course, in the big picture of Christianity, what happened in the Garden of Eden was rebellion against God's authority. Has God said? Did God really say it? No, God didn't say that. God didn't. God's lying to you. God knows that if you do that, that you eat of that fruit, you're going to be just like God, knowing good from evil. And so the serpent challenged the authority of God, and Eve went for it, as did Adam. And we've all gone for it ever since. And that is the essence of sin, is to challenge and to reject the authority of God. And so when I read this email, to me, and maybe I'm alert to that, and to me I see a big picture of Christianity. We have rejected the authority of God. Jesus came to make a way back to his kingdom where we come back under the authority of God. And, of course, that means that we acknowledge that the root cause of sinfulness is my rebellion. And the root need of repentance is I, I come back under God's authority. And so when I hear things like, you know, my parents, I got burnt out. My parents made me go all the time. We went way too much. I see a little bit of reaction against parental authority there. Now, maybe he's handling it fine. Maybe he's a fine, well-adjusted person. But I'd say he's got some issues with his own parents. And then I hear rejection of church authority. People there are judgmental. Of course, he claims to be open-minded, but he doesn't seem to be too slow to judge those who go to church. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm open-minded. I'm accepting of other people. Uh, the people, he's self-refuting himself. He's judging those that he claims to be judgmental. And I would wonder if, if somewhere along the line he judged other people's, uh, judged the church's moral standards that they hold to. Just my opinion, just my thought, just my fear. That's who, if I were that's where I would explore a little bit. What do you mean by that? And you can ask that question. It doesn't have to be an interrogation. It just could be a, a, a genuine curiosity. Well, what do you mean by that? You, 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 you had a bad church experience? I'm curious. So what did that look like? Uh, you, you, you're concerned about church people being too judgmental? I'm curious. What, like, what's an example of what you mean by that? And sometimes to push back on that, you'll find, again, it's a very legitimate concern. But sometimes you'd find out that it's not. It's a, it's, there's a streak of rebellion against God's authority there. In which case, um, this guy evidently is coaching in a Christian sports league. Perhaps, again, maybe I'm misunderstanding this. But it's coaching in a where, where, the, where parents would probably assume that the coaching they're in, uh, their coaching that they're leaving their child, they're entrusting their child to, would be a good Christian leader, good Christian person. And this leads to what I kind of want to get to as well today, and that is this. We need to really, really be praying in our churches for our youth leaders and the people who are influencing our youth we know in the schools that, that there's this mentality of challenge your parents' authority. I mean, it was back when I went to school. 
It was thought of this as a true sign of adulthood when you reject what your parents teach you, when you think for yourself, we're told, when you uh, establish your own ideas and have a mind of your own. And the way you demonstrate that and is encouraged in many of our schools, the way you demonstrate that is by rebellion. You reject what your parents say. And indeed, to, to say, well, why do you believe this? Or why do you believe in Christ? Why do you believe in God? To imply, to say today, well, you know, my parents taught me that. Would you be laughed at? You'd be mocked. You'd be ridiculed in, in many schools or universities, for sure. The sign of adulthood is you think for yourself, we're told. And this is kind of a Western thing. You don't, that's, that, that doesn't go on in Muslim culture. That doesn't go on in Hindu culture. And indeed, we do want people to learn how to have their own convictions and how to, we, we, we say we want them to own the faith for themselves. We don't want them just to believe because mom and dad believe. But certainly, no one will ever love kids the way mom and dad. And the fact mom and dad do believe and they do love me is a good foundation for me to say that's why, I'm, that's why, I, that's why I would tend to think it's true. I trust my mom and dad. We know in our schools that's questioned. We know in our schools people are, aren't taught to respect mom and dad and to think like they do. Often our schools teach that they're old, they're out of date, they're out of step, they're not very progressive. Many schools come right out and teach their, teach the, 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 uh, their teachers. I mean, the, the associations teach their teachers that the greatest obstacle to change is going to be the parents. And so we've got to be aware of that if we send our kids to the school. That, that, that's what we're throwing them into. But we certainly don't expect that in the church. We certainly don't expect that if we're with Christian organizations that we entrust our kids to. But don't be naive to think it doesn't exist. There, sometimes churches choose youth leaders that, how in the world did this person get chosen? Indeed, I've always taught and thought youth leaders, their number one goal is to help the kids really relate to God. And their number two goal is to work with the parents, or maybe this is number one, to work as a, as a helper with the parents in discipling and raising their children. This is very different than many churches teach. Let me say it again. The, the, a youth worker should see his job description, his or her job description. I am working with the parents. I am working as an aid to the parents. I'm respecting the parents and helping the parents as they disciple their child. I come alongside the parents in this work. But many, many churches hire youth leaders and they, they don't require them to work with the parents. They don't require them to get to know the parents and, and, and understand the parents. And they often are listening ear when their child is, has a fight with their parents or whatever, maybe even as a, as, a, uh, as a listening ear of compassion, understanding about how the parents aren't very, very nice. And so we need to pray for our youth workers. I will say with my kids that are following Christ, there were youth workers who came alongside Roz and I and really helped our kids get it. And our kids loved him and respected him, looked up to him, and they caught something from them. And we appreciate deeply the work those, those young people did in helping our kids catch what it really means to be a Christian. They helped us. They, they uh, supplemented what Roz and I were doing. They didn't work against us. They knew our wishes, and they really helped fulfill them. That's the type of work. That, a youth worker like that is gold. A youth worker like that is gold. But some youth workers, a lot of them aren't like that, and they encourage the rebellion, the independence, 
the rejection of parental authority, and maybe even the rejection of church authority. And that, my friends, is dangerous. We're losing our youth. Satan is smart enough. Satan is smart enough to attack in the places we think we're safe. Let's not be naive. Let's not be naive. So today I'd like to pray for the youth workers, youth workers in our in our churches, that they would be wise and helpful in raising up godly young people. Amen. Father in heaven, we know we're in a spiritual battle. We know our enemy is clever. He's deceitful. And he's really evil. We know, Lord, he wants to infiltrate our own families and our churches, our Christian organizations, our Christian schools. Lord, we realize that we live in a place now that some of the institutions that we've always thought we could trust and we could entrust our kids to, maybe we can't. Help us, Father, as parents to be discerning and to be wise and to be appropriately protective and help us, Lord, to know how to guide our children who they can trust and who they need to be, uh, who they need to have a degree of, uh, who, whose information they need to filter a little bit more carefully. Father, we pray today for the youth workers in our churches. We grieve, Lord, at how many youth we're losing. The statistics, Lord, they hit home. The number of young people who are walking away from the faith and never come back. The number of young people who, by the time they graduate high school, they're just not interested anymore. The number of people who go away to college, Lord, and they come back, maybe even antagonistic. Maybe even like this coach of this team. You know, I had playing, I had it shoved down my throat, and now I'm, I've walked away from, I'm, I just do it all on my own now. And I pray for this coach, Lord, of this team, and I pray that you'd help this this father, as he talks with him and ministers to him, open this coach's heart. Lord, if he really is wounded, I pray that you could bring solutions and a true salvation. If he's not saved, that he'd be saved, Lord. If, but if there's rebellion there, that the father would have great ability to understand it and to see it, and maybe even to lead this, this coach out of it into a true, humble relationship and even reconciliation with people that he's resentful towards. We pray for that specific situation. Pray, Lord, for anyone else on this today who maybe has been betrayed by youth leaders or church leaders, or they are they have this hurt from their church and they're struggling. And they, Lord, help us, Lord, minister to us, bring healing, bring reconciliation, bring peace amongst your children. I know, Lord, you don't want your children fighting with one another. We pray for this, Father. And we pray especially again for the youth, our youth, that you'd raise up a whole host, uh, raise up an army of mighty men and women of God. Lord, I just think of how you got hold of my life at age 15. And I think, Lord, of how when I was young, there were so many, it was so many of us were excited. We put you ahead of everything. I think, Lord, of radical choices I made to, to serve you with all my heart. Raise up a whole host of men and women like this, Lord that'll put you above their, 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 their extracurricular activities, above their fun, above their, um, uh, their social media, above their friends, 
above everything to serve Jesus most of all. Lord, we need mighty men and women in the next generation. Raise them up, we pray. Give us youth leaders who will be able to set a fire in our, in our, in our children. Set a fire of faith and of love and of zeal for God. Give us youth leaders who are like that. Oh, Father, we cry out to you. We pray, there's, we pray, Lord, so many churches have and so many Christian organizations, they have people within the midst, Lord, who are not helping and they're hurting. Help us, Lord, help our churches to be holy and pure and godly and righteous and to raise up a new generation of godly, righteous people for you. And we pray these things and we bless you with all of our heart. Lord, we're in spiritual battle. And we know the enemy is now. He's coming after our churches. He's been coming after our kids. He comes after our families. He comes after our marriages. He comes after the Bible. Lord, so often it seems like we're just building fences of protection because, because the enemy is so aggressive. Help us, Father, to be, have appropriate fences up and appropriate times where we are on the offensive, advancing the kingdom of God. We know we never, we never win just playing defense. But we pray, Lord, we'd know how and when to defend our own families and churches. We pray these things and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Well, it's kind of heavy today, huh? Heavier than normal. I do appreciate, by the way, and if you have questions, I do appreciate you send them to me. If I get the chance, I, I'll try and answer them during this time. And we pray for, again for that father and that situation and for great wisdom in how to handle and to find out what the real issue is. Again, Sometimes we use the FFDPQ. Sometimes we say, what do you mean by that? And it's that simple. What do you mean by that? And we just try and get more information. We don't want to be like it says in Proverbs, the person who answers before he really knows. And so sometimes that's our, that's our method is to really discover what a person means and then we can answer wisely. Thanks for joining me. If you're new today, uh, join us every day. We, are, we gather here together live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, but you can watch anytime, and you can also hear the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. The podcast is always posted shortly after I'm done with the live stream. Join us, share this, subscribe, hit the notify button so you know when we're going live, and then tell your friends. Hit that share button and tell them verbally, too, how much you enjoy these times. I do believe if you come here regularly, God will make a difference in your life. Thanks. God bless you. You have a great day. Have a great day at church, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.